Welcome to the Ninja Link Podcast Extras. In this episode, Darren and I talk about home servers, how they can be used, and is a server a NAS? I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McCain. The other weekend, I upgraded my dev server in the house. You have a server in the house? Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before, but ever since I've started doing web development, because that's kind of what I do on the side, or the sly, if you will, I've had a personal server for development purposes to store all of my code. Um, all of the Ninja Lane stuff is stored on there. These podcasts are on there. It's basically all the movies and whatnot. So this is not a NAS then. This is an actual you know, home server? Yeah, it's a... It's using retail parts, but yeah, it's basically a, a server I have at home. And it started life as, you know, way back when I had a Pentium 2 333 in there, and then I upgraded it to a dual P3 450. Oh, wow. And then for a long time, I had a Pentium D830, which is one of the first dual cores on the 775 processor platform. And I noticed, because I had this hooked up to a UPS, because, you know, there's a, a RAID 5 on there. And uh, it was pulling like 300 watts off the UPS just idling. Wow. And that's kind of a lot of power. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's the hard drives. Maybe it's the processor. or Maybe it was the video card that I was using in there or something like that. But I thought, well, I need to upgrade this thing so that it doesn't pull so much power. Because all it's doing is just puking heat into my room and kind of makes it annoying. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of power for something that's continuously running. Yeah, so... I had an old Q6600. Great processor. And I figured, well, the board supports it, so I pulled that Pentium D off of there and put the the Core 2 Quad on. And that dropped it down to pulling, what was it, 130 watts at the UPS. So it was about half the power. That's a big change. Yeah, so it was the same video card, same uh, RAID card and, and whatnot. But during that time, I also upgraded to Windows Server 2008. Okay, so Windows Server is, is that an enterprise software? That's a, that's a big chunk for a home unit. Well, yes it is. And the reason being is I am a .NET developer. So I could run Linux on this server and I'd be just fine if it was a file server. But in my case, it needs to be a development box. I need to have ISN there and the .NET framework and that only runs on Windows for the most part. Okay, yeah. So I have to have either Server 2000, Server 2003, Server 2008. Well, I needed to have Server 2008 for the new .NET framework, so I didn't upgrade. And it turns out that my RAID card was not supported by Server 2008. Wow, I'm surprised. That's You'd yeah. think everything would be built for Server 2008, any, well, any Microsoft product. Well, yeah, they do a really good job of supporting the hardware. And if it's not supported within Windows itself, the manufacturer will go in and issue support. But it was an old promise hardware RAID card. And, uh, you know, it, it always had bad drivers. And it turns out that they just stopped issuing drivers for that particular card. So what ended up happening was one of the cores was running about 75% all the time and kind of thwarted my attempts to put together a really efficient system. So I made a point, I was going to upgrade everything. And at this point, I figured, well, I have Z77 motherboards on the shelf. 
I just need a processor. I went out and picked up a dual core Ivy Bridge with hyper threading, Core i3 brand. Big upgrade. And put in 16 gigs of G skilled memory and put that all on a gigabyte motherboard. So, how'd it work out? What's the result? The result is under full tilt, full load, 50 watts. And that's wow. at the UPS. During idle, when the processor kicks down, uh, you know, it'll run like what, 1.6 gigahertz in idle mode and 3.5 under load. Under idle, it's around 36 watts. And uh, I think a lot of it was not using a discrete graphics card. So I'm using the built in graphics processor in the Ivy Bridge. Yeah, nice advantage there. And I went to a LSI RAID card. And I'm not sure what the power draw on the RAID card is, but it doesn't have any external power that's required. So it's all coming off the PCI Express bus. And I still have four SATA drives. So I have a a three terabyte RAID 5. So that has my movies and all my stuff stored on a RAID 5. So against hardware failure. And then I have a, my fourth drive is the OS boot drive. So if the OS goes tits up on me, then I can, uh, pull that drive out, put in another one, re-image it, and then I'm back up in business. So, Now, those are all mechanical drives, right? No SSDs in this build? Nope, no SSDs, partially because I don't want to afford the cost of a 1.5 terabyte SSD. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So in this case, all I need is a rotational. It's not doesn't necessarily have to be a super performance build, even though, you know, these are SATA 6 compatible you know on the raid and and whatnot but now i think i remember reading that you had uh some trouble with a drive changeout. i think was that the same server no that was uh that was a facebook post of mine that was the live box which runs ninjalane.com oh wow okay so that's a different kind of server well that's actually a rack mount server an old uh DL360 from HP, and we mentioned this on a previous podcast. Oh, that's right, that's right. So what's the difference between the rack-mounted server and your home server? I mean, other than the obvious hardware decisions, I mean, different architectural designs, different software? Mostly. You know, the rack mount has to be specially designed to fit within a, a 1U on the rack. So oh, that's right, yeah. It's very long and very thin. We actually have one on the bench over here. The home server is in a pedestal, so it's an old workstation case from Chenbro that has the hot swap bays up front. So I can just put in a desktop motherboard and hardware. I, there's a Noctua cooler on there and a power supply from Be Quiet. It's all desktop, you know, hardware. And it's working in a server capacity running a server OS. So that way I can run development software on it. It can be a file server, uh, IIS server, database server. I can put in media streaming so I can actually stream the movies that are stored on there to my Blu-ray player in the home theater. Oh, that's nice. I could also stream them to my PC, but I find it easier just to go to the the file share, find the movie I want, double click on it. And then at that point it opens it over the network and I can play it. So that way it's really a full system build, a full server. And I use it as a development server NAS box. You know, you could use um, a QNAP or an A-Store sort of NAS device. But since those run Linux, I can't make it a development box. Now, the QNAP back in the day, you could run um, PHP BB 
on there because it had a MySQL database installed and it would also run PHP over Apache, making it an application server. And you can develop your own PHP apps and run them through uh, Apache. But in my case, it wouldn't have worked. So, so I need the Windows aspect of it. So for someone like me who isn't doing development work, I could get by with just a NAS, a network-attached storage device, uh, which is basically, you know, it's a dumb Linux server, right? Exactly. And right now, I believe you use your PC to stream videos down to your PlayStation, right? Yeah, I do. In fact, that's really the only server experience I've had. And we've talked about maybe picking up a NAS in the past, but I have had a hard time justifying it. And building a home theater PC has been kind of hit or miss for me. And I know we've talked about that in the past, that I just haven't found anything that finds a permanent home in my home theater room. Right. Now, in your particular case, if I remember correctly, you have your box that has your movies on it, and you can stream it to your PlayStation. Right, right. Now, I've used Windows Media Center for that in the past, and um, I think I've tried a couple of PlayStation-specific servers and haven't really found anything I've liked, though. Right. And then what is it? Your wife's machine has all of your kids' pictures and movies and important documents, tax returns, and stuff like that on it, right? Yeah, it's really the archive machine in the house. I've got a really great setup where it's got mirrored drives on it, and it's got um, some auto backup software that I think I got from HP. I I don't even remember what it was. But (laughs) anyway, once a day, it it does an incremental backup on the second drive, so I've got that nice mirroring, which is absolutely critical if you're going to store... Uh, pictures. I mean, I do burn them onto a CD, yeah. you know, about once a year too. But oh gosh, I can only imagine what would happen if I lost a drive. <laughs> well, in my case, for my dev server, I ran a RAID five, and that, you know, in the RAID um, world, that is a three drive system where one one drive's worth of storage is used for parity information. So there's data on all three drives, but if you lose one drive, you can replace that drive and put another one in. So that way you get two drives worth of storage and one drive is knocked out for, you know, making sure that all of them stay healthy. In your case, you have a mirror. So that's two drives that are identical in size. Right. And it basically duplicates the data. So you can lose one drive and then put another one in and it'll remirror itself. And then you also have a backup, a dedicated backup on top of that. Yes. Yes. Um, I used to run a tape backup, but. I ended up backing up too much data for the tape, so I've actually stopped doing full backups. But I have an extra 500 gig drive that I manually just back up to that secondary drive. Yeah, I've had a couple of different Seagate external drives that I've used for storage, but I've outgrown them, really. I think the last one was a 500, and I have, you know, so many pictures now on there, and, you know, occasional movies and stuff from, uh, you know, different family events that I ended up outgrowing it so i'm I'm back to just the mirror which is why i'm kind of curious about the nas as maybe a possible solution yeah and in your case i think a nas would work out perfect so say for instance you take one of the ace tour devices and they have um nas devices that are two drive four drive six drive you know they have rack mount ones so they come with the drives already installed in them then no, you get uh, you get to put in your own drive. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so drives you, have gotten cheap, though. That's not too bad. Oh, yeah. And that allows you to choose your storage, too. So if you wanted to get two terabyte drives, you get the four drive version. That way you can put two terabyte drives in there, put them all in a RAID 5. So one drive is going to be dropped out. You'll have six terabytes of storage mm-hmm. in that system. 
it has USB and eSATA on the device, so you can have your external backup solution that way. So that way you can plug in a backup drive and say, click a button and it will back it up for you. So that way it's an external drive that you can unplug and put somewhere else if you want. No, yeah, it could be handy. Since these are also application machines, you can stream your media from that box to wherever you want it to go. Uh, one of the presentations I got at CES was from uh, the CEO of Ace Store, and he was talking about how he had his home NAS device at his house that was torrenting down um, U.S. TV shows. Oh, wow. Like It can just do that directly to the NAS? Yeah, it can torrent them directly to the NAS, and then when he gets home, he can watch them. Oh, that's cool. Or he can log into the NAS and then stream them to whatever computer he's at, so it'll stream over the Internet. Oh, interesting. So you can also do that within your house. So you can plug it into your network, or and that will go into a router, and maybe it's a wireless device, and then it's wireless to your television. Sure. So you can stream off your NAS at that point. And if you have your directories for images all... Um, organized the way you want you can do picture shows the same way well, i do have a smart tv although i haven't been very smart about using that functionality because yeah. i've kind of crushed to my playstation 3 but it sounds very interesting what, what's a what's an entry-level nas cost though how cost effective is that compared to say a home theater pc considerably well depends on the device but you can make a considerable case for buying a nas device I want to say the high-end ones are about 500 bucks, and that's going to get you an application server that's like Atom-based or Celeron-based with four drives of storage. You can get the two-drive ones, which are more retail-oriented, probably for around 250 if you look around. And again, it depends if you go with like a QNAP device or an A-Store device. Right. But at that point, it's really a dedicated computer. And the cost savings is going to be you'll have this device online all the time. It doesn't draw a lot of power. And you can start removing the dedication of your desktop PCs from hosting movies or hosting pictures or being an archive machine and making them more of an actual computer that can be moved around, rededicated. And you won't have to worry about you know if your mirrors are broken or if the backup's actually working. You can just okay. have that concentrated on one device. So that's where the cost savings is. It might be a little bit up front, you know, put the drives in it and actually get the device. But the savings will be that your dedicated machines that you have right now can be rededicated to being a professional gaming rig that you won't have to worry about. I'm intrigued also that I could maybe put one of these together with some of my older computer parts too and get a similar process. Of course, then I'm out buying software. Yep, and that was where I started my... uh, my first development machine was an old PC of mine. That's why it was the P2 333. That was my old desktop. And I had, at that time, I was running my dual P3 450s, you know, because I was doing uh, 3D Studio Max and AutoCAD stuff for school. So I built that machine specifically to do that function, and I rededicated the desktop to be a server. So I put a bunch of drives in there, ran them into a, a RAID array, which foolishly was a RAID 0 because... <laughs> That was all the card would support, really. But it was my first server, and I built it from desktop parts. And I got a copy of Server 2000 from a friend of mine and put that on there, and that ran you know, that OS for several years before I upgraded to Server 2003. Now, of course, these server OSs are 
you know, five, six hundred dollars. Ouch. So that that's a um, a hit to the wallet in terms of buying the software. But once you buy the software, you own that license just like any Microsoft OS, and you can use it for, you know, it, my Server 2003 install lasted me six years before I went to 2008. So, you know, you itemize that over time, and it's rededicating an old machine that you would either have to sell or part out. Yeah, but when you uh, take into the cost of Windows Server, it almost pushes me back to a dedicated NAS because it comes with the software installed. Exactly. Already, and the applications too. So when you start talking about $500 for a NAS, that doesn't sound so bad, actually. No. And, you know, you could go Linux, the Linux route, but unless you know Linux, it's uh, more of a headache than anything. Yeah, and I've toyed with it in the past, but I kind of feel like if something breaks, I'm just at a loss most of the time in reinstalling. So, yeah, yeah it's just a question of time, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Microsoft software sounds intriguing, but if you can get a plug-and-play NAS, I mean, that's even better. And, yeah, we might have to talk further about that in the future. It's interesting to see how different people are using their servers. Yeah, I just think <laughs> it might be time to take a plunge. Yeah, and... You know, the, the other thing is that a lot of people don't realize that you could dedicate a machine to be a server. So and that's why people use their desktops to actually serve up content. And, you know, you need to separate those functions. And if you have room in your house and a small network set up, it's the best way to go. This has been a NinjaLane production, copyright 2013. Thanks for listening.